Hi there. Welcome to Lake Ridge Community Church Podcast. Uh, this is a place where we get to share uh, some of our messages from Sunday mornings. Uh, we're glad that you're here to listen, but we'd also love to have you in person. So if you'd like to pop in some Sunday, we meet at 1030 at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chestermere. And uh, you can obviously check us out as well at uh, www.lakeridgecommunity.com. Thanks for listening. shocked that um, it's Advent? Anyone? So here, I'm shocked that it's Advent. I don't know if you were shocked that it's Advent, but Preston was like, I'm going to be away uh, on the first Sunday of Advent, and I I was like, okay, when is that going to be? And he was like, Sunday. It's going to be Sunday. (laughs) And so I I was like, okay, it's Advent already. We're here. Um, So I, I don't know if this has been the case for you, but COVID has messed with my internal calendar a bit. Anybody else? Like, I was talking to somebody just just a very short time ago, and I was like, I haven't seen you in so long. I bet it's been like two years. And they were like, well, it's been about three and a half years since I've seen you. And is anybody else having that happen to you? This is one of those hidden things that no one could have ever predicted, right? That somehow we were going to lose 21, 22 months out of our life. And it was going to be weird that way. And, and I, I don't think I'm any different than anybody else, but it, it, it's a weird thing. Anyways, we begin Advent. And as I get ready to begin Advent and the message for this morning, I want to pray for us that this Christmas would be the kind of Christmas that we get to see Jesus in a new light and in a new way and experience him in a new way. So, so would you pray with me? And then I'm going to share with you some things that I've been, I've been thinking about this week. God, for the gift of your presence, we are so grateful. I am very, very grateful, God, that you chose to send your son here, that you chose to send him in human form, that, that when you wanted to express what love was going to look like fully to us, that you sent your son same form as we are so that we might be able to see and experience and understand the depth of that love. God, I pray this Christmas, this Advent, may you remind us of your presence in our everyday moments. May you surprise us as we think about you and reflect on you while we wash dishes and while we do our chores and while we drive to work and while we are at work when we're hanging out with friends. And when we are alone, God, may you remind us that you are profoundly interested in us experiencing your love. I pray these things in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. As we begin the season of Advent, I remind us almost every season, that every Advent season, that Advent means waiting. It, it, when we define the word out, it means it means waiting. But it doesn't mean like sitting around doing nothing waiting. Okay, it's not a sit around, do nothing waiting. It's an active waiting. And so the best way I can describe that is that it's a season of anticipation and it's not just about the presence. Are there any kids here who are already anticipating the presence? Okay, yeah, so, so two 
two kids, one pretty old kid uh, that's here uh, anticipating. It's a season of anticipation. It is, it is a season of preparation. And in a lot of ways, it's like, it's like the preparation or expectation that an expecting mother or expecting parents would have, right? When, when, when somebody becomes pregnant, right, there's this period of waiting, and you have to wait. And you, you actually don't want that period of time to speed up, right? It's weird. But maybe at month eight, maybe I'm, possibly. But even every mother would tell you that as much as they would maybe like to not be carrying a child around anymore, they also don't want it to come too soon. And so Advent is a little bit like that. It's a, a season of anticipation and waiting. All right? And, and so we, we do fun things. We, we, we do these things to remind us that we are in a season of waiting. So how many kids here uh, do Advent calendars? Are there kids here who do Advent calendars? Okay, I... Real quick, when you open your advent calendar, what's in there? Is it a little Bible verse? Is it a piece of chocolate? Yeah, we've got some pieces of chocolate. For those grown-ups here, is there something else inside your advent calendar? Yes, okay, there we go. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. But I know there's some grown-up advent calendars out there I've seen recently. Okay, so, so this is all a part of how do we anticipate or how do we get excited about Christmas coming? And how do we do this, this waiting thing that happens? And this, this year during our season of Advent at Lake Ridge, we've decided to call this series A Moment in Time. And our goal for the sermon series is to simply do our very best, our very best, to just highlight some of the main characters in the Christmas story. And so as I've been thinking about that, I've been thinking about a few things. So maybe here's some things for you to think about. What was the life of some of these characters like? Physically, what did, what did Mary and Zachariah and Joseph have to experience in a daily life? What did that look like? So physically, what was their lives, what were their lives like? Just think about that for a second. Right? What were these characters like in terms of their personalities? What, what kind of people were there? What, what was their posture towards the world? What was their posture towards their neighbors? What did that look like? And, and while you're doing that, I would really like to remind you that these people that we read about in the Bible, real people. Real people not unlike you and I. Real people that had to do the things of life, like chores, like interact with their neighbors, like go to church, like do all the things. These were normal, regular people. And that's part of the beauty of the story of Christmas, is that, that, that Jesus comes down into the ordinary of what was happening in these people's lives. And so these, these stories we look at during Advent are simply about reminding us that when love comes down, it comes down into the, into the normal of life 
and transforms it and shapes it maybe a little bit deeper. So real people, real people in a particular moment of history, during a particular season of their own lives, right? During a particular season of their own lives, a particular moment in history, at a particular moment in their day, they encounter something of heavenly value, something of of a, that seemed to be a part of a much bigger story than they could have ever imagined, right? And they have these encounters, and the encounters change everything. The encounters change absolutely everything. One of the values at Lake Ridge that we have is, is, is story. And, and the reason why this value of story is so important to us is, is because we believe that our stories contain the history of where God has demonstrated his love and his presence to us. Just think about that. Your story, and looking and reflecting on your story, is actually about identifying the history of where God has been present with you. And where God has shown his love to you, maybe in a unique or different ways. And so, so we want to look back sometimes at our stories. And to be honest with you, that can, be, that can be difficult at times. And sometimes, depending on your personality, that can be harder for some than actually for others. And I just want to kind of point that out. Right? And for some of us, uh, this looking back, reminds us of really difficult and challenging things in our own story. It's an interesting deal. However, when we look back and we start to identify the ways that we see, we start to figure out how we see, we can start to see the places where we maybe even unconsciously allow parts of our past to dictate how much we are experiencing the present moment and how much we are experiencing and dreaming about the future. You hear what I'm saying? Right? In other words, if we don't look at the places of woundedness or the places of difficulty in our own stories, we can't do that, then oftentimes we can make assumptions based on those past things that haven't been dealt with, and they change our current reality of how we see the present, and they change the way we think about the future. It's important. It's actually really, really important, right? And we can find ourselves, if we don't do this reflective work, we can find ourselves simply hanging on to some things in our story that are just not true of us anymore. You know what I mean? That these things are just not true of us anymore, and yet we're still hanging on to them. This is why, actually, just to get serious, this is actually why confession of sin is a part of their faith story. Because the confession of sin is not so much about ridding ourselves of guilt, of guilt as much as it is about allowing ourselves to set down parts of our story that are no longer contributing to, to the good of our future. And it is a practice that reveals the heart of God for us in our story. It's important. It's not fun necessarily. <laughs> But it actually really is quite important to the freeing work. This is how the heart of God plays out in our stories, in our life, as we look and we practice these things. Okay, now, that might have sounded like a little bit of a rabbit trail, okay? It might have. 
It did a little bit to me. Okay, so I'll just confession there. The waiting period for some of the people that we look at during this season was a time of reflection. It was a time of reflection where they prepared for what was coming next. Do you hear what I mean? It was a time of reflection where these characters were able to reflect on their past so that they could experience the presence of God in their present was important to them. Reflection is an important practice. It is, it is really the pathway to wisdom. So if you ever dreamed of being a wise person, if you've ever dreamt that, that someday I want to be a wise person, I can tell you this is how you do it. You practice the spiritual practice of reflection because it will give you what you need in order to be wise and to see your present moments and your future moments with a healthy perspective, with a Christ-like kind of a perspective, right? So this morning, we look at Mary, and we, when we look at Mary, there's some interesting things about Mary. This was a teenager. This was a teenager, and I want you to hear that because it's actually important. This was a teenager with a future husband. She likely dreamed of having a family, right? She was young. Her personal past get this, was limited. Her personal past was limited. And in some ways, she was a pure slate. A young woman with little history that cl that to cloud her capacity to lean into something new. She had a limited history, and that gave her the opportunity to see a future that looked completely different than she could have ever imagined or dreamed of. Just think about that. Right? Culturally, uh, she likely dreamt of settling down. She, she, she likely dreamt of, of creating a home for her and Joseph and their kids and, and that that home would be permanent and it would be in the same place for the rest of their lives together. These were things they dreamt of. We don't often dream of that anymore. Have you thought of that? Some farming communities, maybe. But, but for us, often, we think of the adventure. Where are we going to go? Where are we going to travel? Where are we going to live? What, what does this world have to offer us in terms of all of that, right? Travel and all those things. But, but in Mary and Joseph's case, the dream was to establish and root themselves in one place and live there for their whole life, their whole rest of their lives. And, and that was something that she likely dreamt about. And, and she has this moment of time. And this moment of time in her story is a turning point in her story. And, and we read as the angel comes, as Cam did just a, a, a great job. We, we read from Luke, right? And, and, and Luke describes this interaction that she has with the angel. And, and what's so interesting for me is that we hear this conversation taking place and we think, Wow, that was that was great. The angel was very succinct and very direct and right. I, I actually it's a very quick moment in time for her. I, I pulled out my timer this week, I pulled out this text, I read the text through, took me eighty-four seconds to read it. And I'm a slow reader. So just think about that for a second. In in eighty-four seconds of Mary's story. 
her entire life takes a completely different direction. Now, I don't actually believe that this interaction that she had with the angel was 84 seconds long. I think we got to Cole's notes. I think Luke gave us the, the, the majors. But I actually do believe that the angel came to, to Mary and they sat there after the initial shock wore off and the angel gave Mary some time to, to digest what was being said. To understand the weirdness of that message that she received. She was 16, but we can assume she knew how the birds and the bees work. Right? And so this was an earth-shattering conversation that kind of takes place in this moment of time. And so I, I don't want that to be lost on us. Right? And, and, the, and the next thing I don't want to be lost on us is that Mary was not forced to do this. This was not a forced conversation that Mary has. It's really something that Mary, a story that Mary was drawn into. So you think about that for a sec. Mary was drawn into this story. And I, I want you to pay attention here because this isn't just about Mary anymore. Mary is invited into something that God is doing. She's given an opportunity to ask some questions to the angel about how that looks. And, and I think that that's really, really important. We know that she wasn't forced into this conversation because no consequences were stated if she decided not to be a part of this story. You hear that? It was, the angel doesn't give her consequences if she says, yeah, no, I'm not down with this. She is invited to be a part of kind of what was happening. Right? And what's interesting is that she's only given parts of the story. Right? She was, she was shown or told the general outcome of what this child's purpose was going to be about. Some, some very general details. But, but the succinct story that God was writing, she isn't given privilege to hear all of those parts of the story. And, and I think it's important to point this out, that actually, in my own experience, that seems to be God's M.O., that seems to be God's M.O. in, in most cases. For those of you who are, well, what's M.O. Mo mean? I looked it up because I was like, where does M.O. come from? It, it, it basically means modus operandi. It's a Latin word that simply says his way of operating. Just think that, that the way that God operates is that he gives maybe little pieces of detail in the story. But he doesn't give it all. There is an invitation to join in what God is doing, but there is not a clear, succinct, here's how this is going to go. Right, he enters this moment with this gentle invitation to Mary to lean into something, to lean into someone. Right, to lean into something, to lean into someone. That was awesome. 
And I think sometimes we forget this, and I know that I have forgotten this. I think actually sometimes I, I have waited around in my story or in my life for, for God to push me into something. I think I have waited around in my life for, for the skills to be developed perfectly in me before I can, I can step into something that is new. And the reality is that that is not going to happen. And that it is true in the stories of each of the characters in the Advent series that, that God is drawing them into something and they do not know the full and total outcome of that story. And neither do you and I. And yet God invites us to lean into these stories, into this part of what he is doing. Right? And so I wonder, I, I just wonder if I could throw out a couple questions and I want you to think about them throughout Advent. This morning as well, but throughout Advent, here they are. Maybe, maybe you put this in the form of a prayer. Maybe this is more helpful. What if you were to pray this Advent season these simple things? God, what are you drawing me to? God, what are you drawing me to? And maybe you add on to that or you ask, is that a physical thing? Is that a physical thing you're being drawn into? Is that a posture? Is that a way of life that you're being drawn into? Is that a person? Is that a people group? Right? I think that the list, we could, we could go on, but I, I just want to throw those out, right? Like, is there a physical thing that God is inviting you to lean into or drawing you towards? Is there a posture or a way of life that he is inviting you to change or to be a part of? Are there people? Is it a person that God is bringing to mind even as you pray those prayers over the next 30, 40 days? Be praying and asking these kinds of questions. In Mary's case, it was all of those things. And so when Mary comes to the end of this conversation that she has with the angel, and she makes this statement, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. 84 seconds it took her. Like I said, I don't think it was 84 seconds. But, 84 seconds to come to a point of am I going to trust that God is doing something here and that I can be a part of that. And it's going to take you longer than 84 seconds unless you're way better than Mary. I know for me it's taken me a lot longer than that to try to discern what is it that God is wanting of me. And in Mary's case, when she made this prayer and when she finally said, may your, may your will be done, so to speak, it changed everything in her. It changed her physical body. It changed her physical body. It changed her posture towards the world, towards her community, towards her neighborhood. Her whole dreams went up. The idea that the Son of God would stay stationary in one place, even in one town, was not actually going to be a part of the story. They had to run for their lives at points, right? Mary, the mother of Jesus, had to choose to give him up for the sake of the world when he decided to start his ministry. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, also had to stand and watch while the world did a horrific thing to her son. When Mary chooses to let God's will be done, it was a commitment to a very difficult thing. And we can... We can imagine it like rainbows and butterflies, but it wasn't that. It was 
choosing to be drawn into a great, great, grand story that God was writing. Yes, for sure it was that. But it was far more difficult than that. You know, sometimes I, I just want to say this. You know, I think sometimes when I have thought, if God is in something, that that, that would mean that it would be easy or that it would be simpler or smoother or, or even that the pathway forward would be so much clearer. Right? Like I, I've, I've actually wished for that and hoped for that. That has not been my experience. That has not been my experience. And so maybe we need to stop measuring if what God is asking us to do should be the mark of success would be that it's rainbows and butterflies. Because that isn't actually true. We don't actually even see that in the biblical narrative like from the beginning to the end of the biblical narrative, not just in this story. What we do understand is that we get to be a part of this grand story of love coming down, of love engaging reality, of love coming into the normal places of each and every one of our lives. But it doesn't always make for an easy journey. And that's just a reality. Christmas is about celebrating that love entered the world in a new way. A way that would kind of like clarify the heart of God for people. They, they didn't know what the heart of God was like fully until Christ came. This moment was more than just the Son of God showing up on earth and giving his life. This moment was about Jesus showing up and showing them what pure love looked like. They did not have an example of that. Until he chose to come, until, until Mary chose to be a part of this story and some of the other people. So Christmas is a huge deal. It's more than Advent calendars, right? It's, it, it's more than what we're going to eat or where we're going to spend Christmas or even who we're going to spend Christmas with. It is acknowledging that this is a moment where God clarified just how deep his heart for us beats. And it was challenging, and it was uncomfortable, and it was hard. Right? It was, and it was meant to redefine how the followers of God would behave. It was, and it did, change how people learned how to lean into being followers of God. It changed how people experienced and had a posture towards their community, their neighbors, and each other. It changed everything. It changed everything. So straight up truth, loving Jesus has not been easier for me in my life or my story. It has not made the decisions I have made easier in my own personal life. Patterning my life after Jesus or trying has been one of the hardest things I have ever done in my life and my story. So I'm not really here to say this is an easy journey. It's really not. It's really not. There have been moments in my life when I have felt like I have totally failed the invitation that God has given me. Lots of them. This week. Lots of moments like that. Moments when I have 
I have missed the moment altogether. I've gotten so busy in other things, worried about other things that, that I think God has revealed himself to me in moments, and I just straight on by. I didn't even notice. <laughs> I didn't even notice. And yet when I reflect, when I look back, like we started this message, when I look back on this story, and I think about those moments, what I have most experiences and, and what has been most profound to me is that every one of those times I have sensed the freeing and forgiving love of Jesus in my life. So each one of those moments that I haven't noticed or I have missed or even I have not responded to have become moments I look back at now where I have experienced the grace and love of my Lord and Savior Christ, who has been a part of my story, where God has been preparing me and, and been gently drawing me back to experience the next moment. Do you hear that? Every moment I have missed, I have sensed God bringing me and preparing me for the next moment. And that is the heart of God. That is the heart of God for you, and it is the heart of God for me. Gentle invitation back into those moments where we get to experience his love. Right? Mary was invited into this story in a special way. And you and I have been invited into this story in a special way, too. And it's not just in one moment, but Mary continued to choose to be the mother of Jesus and not run, but to stay in the present of what her son was experiencing, going through, and she followed faithfully to that calling and this prayer all the way to the end, as mothers often do. Right? What does it look like for you and I to lean into the invitations of God? this Advent season. Let's think about that. God, what are you asking me to lean into? Is it a person? Is it a place? Is it a thing? What is it? Only you get to answer that question between you and God. Let's ask that question this Christmas. And I think we will experience Jesus in some new ways. Amen? Let me pray. God, thank you so much for the gift of your presence. Thank you that, that you came and, and chose to be present here with us. Thank you, God, for the many characters that we see in scriptures. Give us examples of what it means to lean into this great story. Thank you that those examples are not fairy tales, but those examples are true stories by real people who chose to give their life to this grand story called the kingdom of God. God, I pray that regardless of how we came into this space, no matter what we have carried with us, that we would leave this space with freedom, knowing that you are trying to speak to us in our moments. That those moments are not spectacular or amazing, but they might be as simple as a thought or a person coming to mind this week. God, may we act on those moments. May we be the kinds of people who reach out to our neighbors, who reach out to our community, who tell each other what's going on in our stories good and bad.
God. God, may you draw us as Lake Ridge together so that we may not sense aloneness as we go forward, but that we may sense that you have brought us together for this great and grand purpose you have set for us. May this Advent season turn over new things in our lives. May we lean into that. We pray these things in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand, and I'm going to give you the benediction, and then I'm going to allow anyone who needs to move on to kind of move out of this space, and then in a couple minutes, we'll start our, uh, our information session, which we are calling our family meeting, and all are welcome to stay for the family meeting, okay? So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance and give you his peace. This day, as you encounter Jesus in each moment that he presents himself to you. Amen? Thanks for joining us, you guys. And again, uh, you can have a seat. In about five minutes, we're going to start. So if you need to move, don't, don't feel bad about that.